You know, this is the key verse in this passage. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. This man did not have a lot of theology concerning Jesus to back up his testimony at this point. But what he had, he willingly shared with others. I believe we each have a story that we can share with others of how Jesus has worked in our lives. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So today we're going to look at a message that I titled, One Thing I Know, from John 9, verses 1 through 41. And we're going to see in verses 1 through 12, a man born blind. Verses 13 through 34, a seen man's testimony, and 35 through 41, belief or unbelief. 18 through 23, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born blind and received his sight. And so they called the parents of him who had received his sight, and they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? And his parents answered and said to them, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know, or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that Jesus was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So here the religious rulers, they're flat out trying to deny the miracle. And so they question the formerly blind man's parents, saying, is this your son whom you say was born blind? We're not believing it. And they said, yeah, he's our son. And yes, he was born blind. They also asked, how did they receive their sight? And they may not have known, honestly, how he received his sight, but I'm thinking that they had heard the testimony already. If you had been born blind 38 years, who would be some of the first people you'd want to share this news with? I think you'd want to run home to mom and dad and share the testimony, share the news of what Jesus had done. Or perhaps some of the people who had known this man and known the man's parents had gone and fetched his parents obviously they at some point they were there able to be confronted by the religious rulers 
but they refuse to testify in behalf of their son. And here was the problem. They were going to be put out of the community if they testified. It wasn't just put out of the synagogue. You couldn't come to synagogue anymore. But it shut down life for you as a Jewish man, as a Jewish woman. So seeking to deny this miracle, the religious rulers first denied that the man had even been born blind. But then as they confronted his parents and they admitted that it was their son, they admitted that he was born blind, but they refused to testify in his behalf any, any distance beyond this because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue, out of the community. In John 16, 1 and 2, the word tells us, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, there is a time coming that whoever kills you will think he offers service to God. This is something that was going to happen to a number of believers in Jesus Christ. And excommunication was a very serious matter for any Jew. It would mean the loss of livelihood, the loss of privileges in the Jewish religion. But when it comes to faith in Jesus Christ, we must either confess him or deny him. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And have you been unwilling to confess Jesus before others? It's so important that we live our faith before others. So once blind, verses 24 through 34, verse 24 so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Although they had the law of Moses, they did not walk according to the law. They worshiped indeed only while their hearts were far from the truth. This was the religious rulers. Therefore, they responded to Jesus's miracle with accusations against him. We know that he is a sinner. But the once blind man came back and said, verse 25, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. You know, this is the key verse in this passage. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. This man did not have a lot of theology concerning Jesus to back up his testimony at this point. But what he had, he willingly shared with others. He said, one thing I know, I was blind, now I see. And although we may not have a lot of training in sharing our faith, family camp, we're going to be dealing with that this year. I believe we each have a story that we can share with others of how Jesus has worked in our lives. John Newton would take this passage. We know it in the famous hymn, Amazing Grace and the tagline of that chorus, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And we know that it wasn't talking about physical blindness, but spiritual blindness. And Jesus will deal with this as we close out. That of spiritual blindness versus true physical blindness. So they said to him again, verses 26 and 27, what did he do to you? 
How did he open his eyes? And he answered and said, I already told you, and you did not listen. Now this is the boldness. He's in front of the religious rulers, and he seems to be getting a little sassy here. I already told you, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? You want me to retell this story? I mean, that's what we do as disciples, right? How many of you have never heard this story before in John's gospel? First time you've ever heard it. Nobody raised your hand. We've heard this story before, but we like to hear the stories recounted to us again. Do you also want to be his disciples? Of course we do. So as the man's faith grew, so did his courage. Although it was clear that the religious rulers had no desire to follow Jesus, the newfound boldness of the formerly blind man was also clear. Jesus promised in Luke 12, verses 11 and 12, when they bring you to the synagogues, the magistrates, the authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you should say. And that's a promise to us as believers today, that God will give us the words of wisdom when others confront us concerning our faith. Verses 28 and 29 So they reviled him, the religious rulers reviled the once blind man. You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses, as for this fellow, Jesus, we do not know where he is from. So unable to refute the formerly blind man's testimony because he was a seeing man standing right before them, They reviled him. John tells us they reviled him. How did they revile him? They called him Jesus' disciple. I don't think that's reviling at all. Call me a follower of Christ. What they thought was an insult was actually the hope of any believer that we would be called a follower of Jesus Christ. Acts 11.26 tells us that They were first called Christians in Antioch. Christian means to be like Christ, Christ Christ-like. And it was a a title that initially was given, I think, in reviling the believers, that they're like Christ. But it's one that we hold on to. Isaiah 51, 7, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law, Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their insults. They claimed, we are Moses' disciples, but they were blind to the truth, and they could not recognize him of whom Moses prophesied, that is, of Jesus. In John 5, 46 and 47, Jesus said, If you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? He said, one thing I know. What one thing do you know that you could share with others about the work of Jesus in your life? Maybe you don't need a a whole list of things to know. Maybe all you need to know is one thing. One thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. A marvelous thing, verses 30 through 34. So the man answered and said to them, why is this such a marvelous thing? 
that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of the world, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who had been born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. The once blind man didn't understand why the religious rulers would not recognize this work is coming from God. He reasoned that God does not hear sinners, but only those who worship him and does his will. Now, this is the once blind man's testimony, and I, I believe God does hear sinners. When you cried out to Jesus for life-saving faith, you were a sinner, and he heard your prayer, and he saved you. I believe God does hear sinners. Sometimes he hears the prayer, prayers of the lost that in the future they might be saved. He works in their behalf. The scripture tells us that the Lord reigns on the just and the unjust alike. But the Bible also does tell us in Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. I ran to the store before I came to church today, Potluck Sunday. But as I was leaving the store, I heard a child cry, Papa. And my ears went to attention. And then I knew it immediately. That's not my grandchild. <laughs> They're not here. But I heard it, and I perked up to it. I heard that child, but it wasn't my child, so I didn't respond to that child. The Lord hears the prayers of many, both the unjust and the just. But he hears the prayers of his children. He loves us. And he desires us to cry out to him. But also the formerly blind man saw the uniqueness of his healing. He said, as far as I know, I'm the only human since creation who was born blind, but now can see. And he reasoned, if Jesus was not from God, he could do nothing. In Matthew 11, 4 and 5, Jesus answered and said, he was telling John's disciples, John the Baptist, go tell John the things that you hear and see, that the blind see, that the lame walk, that the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. That this is the signs of the Messiah. The very works that Jesus did, the very works that Jesus continues to do, are evidence that he is truly the Messiah, not of just the Jews, but of the whole world. So they answered, verse 34, you are completely born in sins, and you are teaching us, and they cast him out. Now his parents were unwilling to be excommunicated. They said nothing that would get them in trouble, but this man was cast out. Unable, though, to refute the man's testimony, all they could do was out of sight, out of mind. They cast him out. They tried to hurt him, but truly it didn't hurt him at all, as we'll discover in a moment. Jesus said in Luke 6, 22 and 23, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you, when they cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward will be great in heaven, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets." You know, we may not know everything about Jesus, but I believe that we know enough 
to testify of him. And sometimes when we testify concerning Jesus, it might get us in trouble with others. But still, we've been called to testify. This man was excommunicated from his community. But now we find that Jesus finds him. In the last section, verses 35 through 41, belief or unbelief. In verses 35 through 38, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus answered, you have both seen him. And it is he who is talking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. I love it that Jesus heard that he had been cast out and Jesus sought him and he found him. When Zacchaeus was saved, Jesus declared to him in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's the work of Jesus. He seeks us out. He finds us. He saves us. And how wonderful it is to see Jesus doing that very thing, seeking and saving the formerly blind man. But also, I just kind of tried to imagine this. Jesus found him and spoke to him again. Now, do you think that this blind man, though he had not seen Jesus, do you think he would have ever forgotten the voice of Jesus? And Jesus could have walked up from behind and began speaking to him. And I think right at that moment, that man would have known, this is the one who healed me. And so he responded to the question, do you believe in the Son of God? Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And you have both seen him. How marvelous that must have been for that man. And it is he who is talking to you. And he said, I believe, and he worshiped him. Notice that Jesus allowed worship. Jesus allowed the man to worship him. Angels never allowed anyone to worship them. They would always tell them to, to stand up. Don't worship me. I'm just a servant of God. But Jesus allowed the worship here. Again, testifying to his deity. John 1, 34. I have seen and I have testified that this is the Son of God, John the Baptist would declare. In John 6, 69. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus' question caused the man to desire to know more. He said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And I believe our questions, as we talk with others about Jesus Christ, can cause people to desire to know more about Jesus. Hey, if we don't ask the question, then we'll never prod their curiosity. So Jesus revealed to the formerly blind man that he was, he is the Son of God. And I believe that the man, yes, he would have always remembered the voice, but how wonderful it was to see the face of the one who healed him. I know the moments that the Lord has spoken to me. It's been that still, small voice, that quiet voice. I can't describe it. It's a spiritual thing when he has uh, pricked my heart in such ways. I remember those moments, or sometimes I'm reminded of them. But I look with anticipation to one day see his face. You responded to Jesus Christ through his word, through the testimony of others, in reality, you have heard the voice of the, 
anointed one, but one day we will see his face and how glorious that day will be. The disciples also worshiped the Lord in, in Matthew 14, 33, when they were on that boat on the Sea of Galilee, they cried out with the same words, truly, you are the son of God. But the religious rulers, as we close out, verses 39 through 41, Jesus continues to speak, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were there heard him and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. They got it. They knew Jesus was talking about them. Though they could see physically, they were spiritually blind to the truth. They declared, we know the truth of God's word. They said, we know that this man is a sinner. We are Moses' disciples. They declared what they believed all these truths were, but they were blind to the real truth of who Jesus was, who Jesus is. And Jesus came not only to give physical sight to the blind, but to open the spiritual sight of all who place their faith in him. He said in John 12, 46, I have come as the light in this world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. On the other hand, those who believe that they've been saved because of their heritage, their knowledge, their works. In reality, they say we see, but they were actually blind. Their sin remained. And there are many like that in our world today. Last verse, Romans 2, 12 through 13. As many have sinned in the law, they will be judged by the law. For not just the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law. We have to respond in faith to become true believers in Jesus Christ. Well, we made it. 41 verses. But 41 verses that John felt were so important that he gave us this huge story of not only a man who was healed, who had been born blind, and the method of that healing, and the faith of that man growing throughout, I think is amazing. We watch his faith grow as you read through this chapter, the boldness of this man, all the way until he's excommunicated out of his community. But once he's put out by the religious rulers, He's found by Jesus. And I love it that Jesus seeks and saves those who are lost. That's the mission of Christ. He seeks us. He finds us. May I encourage you to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Being reminded that we may not know everything about Jesus and we will not know. I don't even think once we get to heaven, we'll spend all eternity discovering the wonders of our Savior. But we each have a story that we can tell and we can share with others. What's your story? Can I challenge you to not only just think about the story, but take a moment to write it down. I think sometimes we're afraid of sharing with others because we're not quite sure what to say. And so I think it's healthy to write the words out if you're given the opportunity to rehearse it, to practice it. Family camp, we'll be working on that. But also a seen man's testimony. He didn't know everything about Jesus, but what he knew, he testified. He knew enough to testify about Jesus. 
Again, we won't know everything about Jesus until we see him in heaven. But while we're on this earth, we know enough that we can share. We each have a choice to make whether we will believe or not believe in Jesus Christ. Those who believe, well, they gain spiritual sight. And those who refuse to believe, they remain blinded to those truths. Father, we thank you for your word and for the encouragement of it. And I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful account that's given to us in John's gospel. You have touched each of us who are believers here. You have touched us in some way in our lives. And Lord, you've given us enough that we can share with others. And I believe, like this formerly blind man, as we share, we'll gain more knowledge, we'll gain more boldness, more faith, and grow in our faith. So help us, Lord, to desire to grow. And if there are those, Lord, who have never accepted you as Savior, Father, I pray that perhaps this will be that day that they'll receive you as their Savior. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. (laughs) 